You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. More praise, amen, and go ahead and grab your seats this afternoon. It's good to be in the house of God. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. Especially on the Lord's Day and Resurrection Sunday, amen. So I, I really want to wish everyone here from um, our household, my wife and I, to your household, amen. Happy Easter, amen. And how many know it's not about the Easter bunny? Hallelujah. Amen. Though I'll take some candy, amen. But, but it's really about Jesus Christ, amen. And so I just want to wish all you guys a happy Easter. I want you to turn to the book of Matthew. Chapter 26, I'll be reading a few scriptures from there from 36 to 46. So Matthew 26, 36 through 46. And I want to minister a message I entitled, He Got Up. Somebody shout, He Got Up. Oh, you can do a lot better than that. He Got Up. And so I want to minister on that story and, and, and minister the resurrection power of Christ. So let's pick up the story here in the book of Matthew and uh, and and. Matthew 26, and this is where Jesus prays, amen, and he takes his disciples, amen, to go to the pray in the Mount of Olives, amen, and so it says this, it says when, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. So he took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him and began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is over." Whelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. In other words, he says, stay here and pray. Somebody say pray. And he said, he would say, and it goes on to say, uh, going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken uh, from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me or pray with me for one hour, Peter? Uh, then he asked Peter, he goes, watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it's possible for this cup to be taken away from me, unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back and found them again sleeping because their eyes were very heavy. So he left them and he went away once more and prayed a third time. And he said the same thing. And then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come. The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. Amen. We, we, we see right here in this story, amen, that, that Jesus is overwhelmed. Come on, there's a heaviness upon his spirit. He, he knows that the time has come, amen. He knows what lies ahead of him. And so he prays, my father. 
So I want you to take notice here in this style of prayer, amen. Uh, my father is a different style of prayer. You know, people back then would pray, my Lord, uh, my, my God, the, the God of Israel. But never, never you see in the scriptures, my father. So I'm, I'm here to let you know and, and stop for a moment here to realize I'm here let, let say, telling you that Jesus is establishing an intimate and personal relationship with the Father. Come on, this is the type of relationship that God longs to have with you and I. Come on, somebody. Come on, he, he wants that, amen. And because of Jesus, amen, we can come to the Father ourselves and pray that as well. My Father. See, Jesus didn't come to bring religion. Come on. Come on, as, as Pastor Jason would say, too much religion makes you a pigeon. Hallelujah. No, he didn't come to bring religion. He came to establish and to bring a relationship to you and I. A personal relationship that you can go to daddy anytime you want. That personal relationship with the Father. And so he prays this. Is there another way to do this? Is there another way, amen, uh, to set the sinner free? He's praying in the, to the Father, amen. Uh, he says, let's think about this. This is my life on the line here. Come on, uh, it's going to be painful. It, it, it's going it's, it's to go through, I'm going to hurt through this, amen. And so he, he's pleading with the Father, is there another way? And as he's waiting to hear back from the Father, Amen. He goes back and checks on his disciples and he finds them sleeping. Come on, isn't that like us sometimes? When we should be praying, we're not. Usually we're complaining instead of praying. Because we know that right here, as he told his disciples, how many know that the Spirit is willing? Inside of us, we want to do the right thing. Inside of us, we want to see God in those times and hours. But how many know that the flesh is weak? Come on. It's easier just to relax and turn on the TV. Hello. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So Jesus goes back and he prays and he, he's asking the Father still. He's asking the same question. Is there another way and God doesn't say, change His answer. And it's showing here that Jesus, who was fully God and fully man at the same time. In Hebrews chapter 9.22, the New Living Translation says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. You see, back then, in those, back in the day there, amen, they used to build altars and bring sacrifices in order for sins to be forgiven. You see, Jesus came as a final sacrifice for you and I, amen, that we no longer have to build altars anymore. The blood of Jesus is enough, church. I said the blood of Jesus was enough. He came as the final sacrifice. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10, NIV, it says this, And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Christ once and for all. Hallelujah. Come on, no more altars. No more rituals. 
No more any of these things. You can go directly to the Father. What he did on the cross, what Jesus Christ did, was it for, for, for all eternity, amen, once and for all. And Jesus tells the Father uh, right here, uh, God, I don't want to do my will. I want to do your will. Your will be done. Then he goes back to the disciples and he tells them, get up, boys. The time has come. That night on Friday, the soldiers came and arrested Jesus. Now Judas, one of the twelve disciples, come on, is, is there to betray Jesus with a kiss. And if we go to the book of Matthew and continue on the story of Matthew 26, 47 to 56, it reads like this. It says, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. And with him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas says, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. And Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, arrested him. And with that, one of his Jesus' companions reached out for his sword and drew it out and struck the servant of the high priest and cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. You think I can, cannot call on my father and, and he at once will have put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But now then you would, how, but, but now how would that fulfill the, the scriptures? It must happen the, this way. And it says here, in that hour Jesus said to the crowd, am I leading a rebellion that you come with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching, and you did not arrest me. But this has to be ta all taken place of the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all his dis disciples deserted him and fled. We see that here in the story. Judas uh, here betrays Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Trades him in for a bag of money. This is, this is what it was. He, he, he gives him this money and says, all right, we're going to work it out. The one I kiss, he's Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's the one that you arrest. And so he comes and he gives him a kiss, amen, and they take Jesus into custody. And all his disciples bail on him, fulfilling what was spoken in Zechariah 13, 7, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. They at once put Jesus in chains, amen, uh, and the soldiers begin to push him around. Come on, they start to beat on him as they take him to the high priest. And Peter followed closely behind. Jesus stands before the high priest, amen, and there's a, a group of priests there and elders assemble trying to nail something on Jesus. Trying to pin some kind of false evidence against him so they can put him to death. Many false witnesses, as you read the Scriptures, came forward, uh, but nothing can stand up. Nothing can stay solid. Nothing was worthy of death. Then two came forward and said, he said that he would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest tells Jesus, what do you say about that? And Jesus remained silent. 
The high priest asked Jesus, I, I charge you uh, under oath of the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And in Matthew chapter 6, 26, 64, it says this, You have said so, Jesus replied. But I say to you all, from now on, you will see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Come on, hallelujah. That's all they needed here, amen. The, the high priest started to tear off the robes, amen, and say, he has spoken blasphemy. And they answered, and they say, he is worthy of death. They began to spit at the face of Jesus. They struck him with their fists, closed fists, amen. And others slapped him saying, prophesy to us, Christ, who's hitting you? They laughed. They mocked him. And at that moment, the rooster crowed. And Peter had denied Jesus for the very time, the last time, the third time. And Peter had remembered the words that were spoken to him in the Last Supper. And he felt so unworthy that he, he ran away crying and bitter. And the high priest said, you know what, take him away from me. So the soldiers grabbed him and took him away, and they start to beat on him some more. So Jesus goes and stands before Pilate and, and Herod. And so they take Jesus before Pilate, and there's a whole assembly of people there that has led Jesus to Pilate, saying, this man has been found guilty. So Pilate begins to ask questions, amen. And, 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 and the, the crowd says, you know what, he answers the crowd, and he says, this man has done nothing to deserve death. But the crowd keeps assisting. He's guilty. So Pilate says, you know what? He's not even under my jurisdiction. He's under Herod's. Take him over there and let him do whatever he wants to do. Now, Herod was pleased to see Jesus. Because he's heard so much about him, amen. And he wanted Jesus to perform some miracles before him. And so they made fun of him, and they put an elegant robe upon him and tempted Jesus to do some things. But Jesus kept silent, and Herod got mad. So he says, you know what, take him back to Pilate. Let him do whatever he wants to do. Are you noticing here that no one wants to take responsibility in this? If we read the story in Matthew 27, 21 to 26, it says this. They're taking him back to Pilate. Herod has had his time, and he's trying to get him to perform some things. He's, he's, he's thrilled that he's there, and he does not do what he's asked of done. He's just silent there. He gets frustrated, sends him back to Pilate. And this is where it is. The story starts right here. It says, which of the two do you want me to release to you? He's asking the crowd here. Jesus is back. Amen. And, the, and they ask the governor, Barabbas, they answered. Well, what should I do with Jesus, who you call the Messiah? And Pilate asked him, and they all answered, crucify him. And Pilate says, why? What crime has he committed? But they shouted all louder, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but instead an uproar started, he took water in his hands in front of the crowd, and he says, you know what? I'm innocent of this man's blood. It's your responsibility. 
Here he is. He's saying, you know what? I find nothing guilty. I find nothing worthy of death. And they say, you know what? During this time, we can release a prisoner. You know, who do you want to release? And they say, Barabbas. He says, what do you want me to do with Jesus? Crucify. He says, why? There, there's, nothing, uh, there's nothing that you can nail on. There's nothing that, that's worthy of death. I'll, I'll have him whip. I'll have him released. They say, no, we want him crucified. The crowd is getting a little crazy. The crowd is getting a little, there's an uproar. And so him, he took the easy way out. He says, if I do something wrong here, it's going to crowd riots, chaos. You know what? All right, I'm going to give you guys what you want. But he washes his hands. And he says, you know what? This is not my responsibility. This falls on you. But look what the, what the crowd says. We continue. It says, all the people answered. His blood is on us and on our children. And he was released. To, and then he released Barabbas to them. And they flogged Jesus and handed him over to be crucified. Jesus is sentenced to death. He's handed over to the soldiers where they they made fun of him, amen. They make him carry a cross, amen, to a place called the skull, amen, to be crucified. And they continue to mock him. They continue to beat on him, amen, uh, spit on him, uh, and they make him carry his own cross all the way through town while others are Mocking him, laughing at him. People are spitting on him. He's getting beat down with the soldiers that arrest him. He gets beat down, amen, with the high priest. He gets beat down going to, to see Herod. He gets beat down coming back. I mean, he's getting beat. Are, are you getting the point here, church? But each strike, each hit, each insult, each spit, he did for you. As he said in the scripture, I can call on my father and he can send legions of angels to save me from all this. I, I don't need your help. I, this has to be done. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness, church. We needed that final sacrifice and now we know his blood was enough. But he's through going through the town and all these people are laughing. And the sad thing about this church, it was the same people that we were talking about last Sunday. The ones that were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, they're spitting on him. Now, they're mocking him. Hello. See, it's easy to Cheer and praise God when everything's going well, amen. But when God hasn't moved in your life and your prayer hasn't been answered, we become the same type of crowd. Come on. We may not spit. We may not say it. But your actions do. We stop serving them and we stop lifting our hands because you know what? We just feel, you know what? You haven't done or fulfilled something in your life. Yet he's done something in your life prior times, and now you're going through a little season, uh, maybe a little testing, uh, and all of a sudden we begin to spit on the name of Jesus as well. And so he's going through the crowd, he's going through the town, and beaten, pushed, 
carrying a heavy cross for you and I. Exhausted and severely beaten, he makes it to the place called the skull. As he arrives, there's already two criminals that have been crucified hanging there. And they put Jesus on a cross. The cross he carries, they laid it down, they lay Jesus upon the cross, amen, and they begin to nail, nails through his feet and hands. Grabbing the hammer, hammer and nailing these nails through his body and flesh. At this time, I need a, a volunteer. <laughs> Anyone, amen, hallelujah. I'm gonna need I'm gonna I'm gonna need some bigger nails, amen. No, I'm just playing, amen. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. We're all right. Nobody can bear what Jesus did for us. Come on, somebody. I said no one can bear what Jesus did for you and I, amen. But they grab these nails, they they stretch him out, amen. They the 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 guards are just telling, you know, pulling him from side to side, and, and as he's Stretching his flesh, amen. They're grabbing the nail and they're just nailing it. And you can just hear just the nails as they're driving it through his flesh. Just that's all you hear, and you hear the flesh ripping. The blood starts dripping. Jesus feels all this. Pretty sure he's screaming, moaning, groaning through every hit. Every nail. You know, one nail's in. You know, it probably took a, a few hits, amen, you know, the flesh and the bone and, and going through all that and say, you know what, it's not in yet. It's not in there. Hit it harder. Finally, it breaks through. Grab the other hand, the other arm, and do the same thing. The crowd is silent. They're all just watching. No one's yelling. No one's screaming. They're all just watching, smiling. High priests are smiling as they're nailing these nails through Jesus. The other hand's done. Now the legs. Hold his legs. Hold his feet. Got one more nail to do. It's going to take extra work because now you got legs are together. They start pounding. Pounding. You know, I picked up this hammer in my office. Mrs. Dad always fixes what's broken. He broke his body for us that we wouldn't be broken. So much Daddy loves you. Come on, somebody. Daddy would fix us what's broken. Amen. And then Jesus is raised up. You can just picture. Jesus in His crown, raised up, raised up high, stretched wide in between these two criminals for a crime, listen, that He didn't commit. A sin that He did not do. See, we should be hanging on that cross. You and I. We don't deserve life. We deserve death. We deserve the death penalty. In our lives. For some of us, you should already be dead. 
But it was the grace of Jesus that saved, saved you and it took, he, took, he took your place. He hung there for you and I, amen. He's raised up between these two criminals. He hangs there for you and I. He hung for the sins of mankind. Somebody say, my sin. He hung in there for our sins. And there, we should be the ones, like I said, but, but, but he took the punishment. He paid off the debt. I mean, he laid down his life, but it had to be done in blood. You cannot pay this fine off. It, it had to be done in blood. And Jesus says, I'll do it. He pays the price for our sins. And I'm here to let you know, church, it, it wasn't these nails that kept him on the cross, amen. It wasn't these nails that suspended him up high in the air, amen. It was his love for you that kept him on the cross, amen. It was not the nails, but his love. Come on, I said it was his love. That's how much he loves you. That He took it and he says, you know what, I'm hanging here for you. I'm hanging here for you. Even as he's hanging there, beaten badly, blood all over the place. I don't know if you've ever seen The Passion of Christ with Mel Gibson. He did a pretty good job in portraying what happened there in Jesus and the beating that Jesus took was far worse than what you see through that movie. The Bible says that he was unrecognizable as he hung on the cross. You couldn't even, it's just like a piece of meat. Hanging there with that you could not recognize. And he did it for you. Can you see his face right now? Can you see that body or the flesh hanging there for you? See, we don't want to look at the cross at times. You know, we don't want to turn from our ways and realize what he did for us and how he paid the price for us. I look at the cross, man, I said, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because I knew there had to be a price paid. And I can look at the cross, man, and, it, and you got to understand, and you got to begin to weep and say, God, you did this for me. Even if it would have just been for you, he would have done it for you. If you had been the only person, he would have done it for you. And he hangs on that cross for you and I while people are still laughing. They're still spitting at his feet as he's hanging there. I let you know the world's that bad today. They don't even care for the life of a person. That's how bad we have gotten in the world today. That's why, because we push God out. There's no sense. There's no sense. There's no guilt. People's innocent lives are taken. My wife testified of a bombing that took place at one of the services. In the Middle East. Was it in the Middle East, brother? Service, just like you and I coming to a service, you want to celebrate our risen Christ, and a bombing goes off. No sense of respect. No sense of rules or regulations. It's all thrown out. And we in society are just like the society back then. No sense for God. We wonder 
what happened. We pushed him out. We pushed him out of our court systems. We pushed him out of our schools. We demanded our ways instead of God's ways. And that's why the world is where it's at today. No sense of respect and people are dying today. Sin is running rapid. But yet He hung on the cross for all those sinners right now still. The Bible says that the rulers and the chief priests made faces at Him. And there was a smile of contentment. Smirking and laughing and maybe high-fiving each other. Yeah, we got Him. No, no sense of respect. These are religious people. These are the church folks back then. Just staying there, yeah. We're the kings. We're the rulers. We're number one. Others mocked him saying he'll destroy the temple in three days and rebuild it. Yeah, right. Look at him now. Luke chapter 23, 35, and the NIV says this. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. And said, he saves others. Let him save himself if he's God's Messiah or God's chosen one. Jesus is hanging there. And as he's hanging there, he shows no anger towards them. He's not looking down and saying, oh, we wait till this is over. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you're going to get yours. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't doing that. There was no, nothing in his face. There was no, no, no anger towards them, but love. Nothing but love. And he looks towards heaven and says, Father, forgive them. But they don't know what they're doing. Come on, instead of getting mad, Father, strike them. Take them out. Save me. No, he says, save them. Forgive them. Forgive her. Forgive that boy. Forgive that girl. Forgive that man. Forgive that family. Forgive him. Forgive them. Forgive. They don't know what to Forgive them. That's what he said to us. Forgive my son. Forgive him. God, set him free. He's bound by drug or alcohol. Set him free. God, forgive him. He don't know. He cussed you out one time, but forgive him. He doesn't know what he's doing right now. Doesn't have the right mindset right now. Forgive him for what he did to his wife. Forgive him what she did to his husband. Forgive them for their marriage. Forgive them for the broke. Forgive them, Father. I, God, just forgive them. And he's hanging there between these two criminals. One starts talking a lot of smack. Saying, Come on, aren't you the Christ? Why don't you save yourself and why don't you do us a favor and save us too while you're at it? If you really are God's chosen one. And the other one, the other one rebukes him. He says, Doesn't, Don't you fear God? See, what we need today is a society that fears God. Don't you fear God? Amen. He goes on to say, He has done nothing to deserve death. We 
have. We've been punished justly. Not him. And as he's saying this, Jesus looks at him. He looks at Jesus and he tells Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied to him, I assure you today, today you'll be in paradise. What blows my mind here, church, uh, that in the final moments, uh, in his agony and his pain uh, and suffering, amen, uh, he's hanging there on the cross, amen, uh, Jesus is still reaching out and saving people. I'm going to say one more before I go. That's how much he loves us. Do you understand how much he loves you and I? He loves us. See, some of us here today, we may say, well, I've done a lot of wrong. He still loves you. I've done a lot of bad. He still loves you. I don't know if he can save a sinner like me. No, no. He still loves you. Come on, Paul says, I'm the worst of the worst. Come on. But he still loved Paul. It doesn't matter what you've done. The devil's a liar. Can somebody say Amen. See, the devil says you don't deserve life. You deserve death. He doesn't love you. He doesn't want you. You've been too bad. He can't save you. No, no. He saves the worst of the worst. Paul says, I'm the worst of the worst. He killed Christians. He was a hit man. He put out hits. Yet he saved Paul or Saul who became Paul. He'll save you, church. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. God I said, God's blood is enough for you. I said, God's blood is enough for you. He'll erase it and remember it no more. He'll throw it as far as the east as from the west. See, it's about the sixth hour, amen, to the ninth hour. It says that the, the, the Bible says that darkness covered the land as he hung there for you and I. And in the ninth hour, he finally cries out. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now notice that Jesus didn't call him Father this time. He didn't call him Father because his relationship was broken because of what? Sin that was on him, our sin. That he couldn't even look at his son. Jesus was carrying the sin of the world at that moment. Sin brings separation. Listen, church. Between us and the Father. That's the only thing that separates us from God is sin. And when he said that, church, the Bible says that all the earth started to shake. That there was a, there was a, a, a big earthquake that hit that, amen. When he said that, amen, the, the rock split in half. Tombs were open of dead people who came back to life that were believers. What? John's back? Yep. I mean, people that were saved, it says at that moment the tombs broke open and people start, came back to life. At that moment, it says that the curtain of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, amen. That, that veil was torn to give us access to the Father, amen. All this was happening, uh, all this trembling was happening and going on. Uh, and one of the soldiers looks up at him and says, surely he was the Son of God. Jesus hung there. With every last bit of strength. And then Jesus says three words that, that closes it up. It 
is finished. It's done. It's finished. It's finished. And then with a loud voice says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he bows his head and he gave up his spirit. Jesus died on Friday, church. A horrible death. That was Friday. Sunday is today, church. Come on, somebody. Sunday is today, man. You see, over 2,000 years ago, amen, in the midst of darkness of death, the light of life began to shine. On Good Friday, Jesus was crucified, uh, suffered a brutal death, amen, uh, for the sins of mankind. Uh, but he did, he did say that in three days, I'll rebuild this. See, they thought they were talking about the actual temple, amen. But he was talking about himself, amen. Come on, today is that Sunday, church, I'm on. This early morning Sunday, something began to happen, amen. Come on, the tomb, the tomb was well guarded when the earth shook, amen, once more, amen. And all of a sudden, amen, that stone that covered the entrance, amen, where Jesus was at, amen, began to move, amen. The, the, the soldiers there began to look back at what's going on here and all of a sudden that stone rolls away amen and all of a sudden Jesus come out of there amen with his hands lifted high alive and well amen hallelujah I can imagine man the theme of Rocky playing at that time came out of victorious a champion no blood nothing a God that's risen for you and I church I'm here to let you know that Jesus is alive and he's well. Hallelujah. Come on, he comes out, amen, as a son of God, amen. He comes out as a champion, amen. He comes out, amen, not dead but alive. Jesus got up and he held the keys, amen, with him, amen, of hell, death, and the grave. Hallelujah. Death has no sting on us, amen, has no power over us because why? We have Jesus. When we die, we'll resurrect just like him. Come on, somebody. Just like Brother Dan. Just like Sister Sarah's mom, right? Alive and well. Come on. The finish line. Ain't that the, the goal for all of us? Finish line. Hallelujah. I always say that this is the generation that sees the coming of Christ. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Doing our thing and saw Jesus coming out some boom. Won't see death just right into right into the I can imagine some of you guys slowing me down, amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Hopefully you guys are just you guys are beating me, amen. Hallelujah. I mean, that's what we're hoping for, amen. You know, no one knows the hour, no one knows the time, but I'm here to let you know that. Jesus is coming back. You can't forget that, church. He's coming back. There's a time. We don't know the hour. That's why the, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You can't, you can't say, well, I'm a, let, me, let me have a couple more parties. Let me do a couple more things. Amen. You know, let me try to strain out my... No, no, no. Get right today. Amen. Give your life to Jesus today because you never know when that trumpet's going to blow. Or you never know, amen, when your hour comes. People die every single day. Innocent people think they have their lifetime, amen, and cut short. There's been a lot of people 
kids, amen, that they get their life short, amen, they have a career, they're going to college, and all of a sudden, something happens. But when you got Jesus, you live. It says in Matthew 28, 5 to 6 in the NIV, it says, the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know who you are looking for, Jesus, who was crucified. He's not here. He is risen, just as he said. Well, he's not here. He is risen. But this time, the light of life didn't come to shine upon darkness. Come on. He, he came to conquer darkness forever. He took away, the Bible says, as I said, the keys, hell, death, and the grave, church. Come on. I may believe that he's risen again. Come on. We got believers in the house today. I mean, it's one thing to confess that he conquered death. It's another thing to, but it's another thing to live in a world of pain and suffering. As I mentioned before. I mean, how do we live the truth of what that day means to us? Amen. Uh, how do we live Sunday when our life feels like we're living on Friday? How do we live the truth when we feel so tore up and beat up because of life? See, we have to understand this morning, church, that if we are going to live a Sunday, amen, it's remembering that through, though we're dead, we are alive, church. Uh, even though things come our way, church, uh, we still live. Can somebody say amen? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 says, even though we are dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace, church, that you and I have been saved. Meaning that those that have been born again by the grace of God in Jesus Christ, by faith, amen, we have been spiritually resurrected, amen, to eternal life. And because Jesus rose, we too one day will rise. Come on, somebody. It says in 1 John 5, 11 to 13, it says, this is what the Lord has testified. He has given us eternal life, and then this life is in His Son. And whoever believes in, uh, whoever has the Son, or whoever has the Son has life, but whoever does not have the Son does not have life. For I have written to this to you, that who believe in the name of, of the Son of God you may know that you may have eternal life. Today represents Sunday morning, church. I'm here to let you know that he got up. Hallelujah. Come on. He got up, amen. Come on. He, he came to give us life. We are no longer dead, but we're alive. Don't that feel good? Come on, are you alive? Come on, give him a shot if you're alive then. Hallelujah. Come on, I, I know that sometimes we're going through things, but you still got to shout. Come on. We're all going through things. Come on, we, we go through struggles, but you got to be still and know that he's God. See, God is reminding us that you're going to go through troubles. He even said, uh, in this life, uh, you will have trouble. You, you will be persecuted. He says, what? Have cheer, amen. You have good hope. I've overcome all this. He's overcome the world. If he's overcome it, you're going to go through your trial. You're going to get through this. You're going to come out. Come on, you may feel like you're in a tomb. You're banging, trying to get out. 
And God says, you know what? I want you to stay right here because I want it all for you. See, it's one of those moments that we need to seek God just like he did before he went to the cross. See, some of you guys need to pray before your suffering begins. Because otherwise, you're going to be crying later. Cry now, I say. Cry in tears. Cry in prayers. And God, prepare my heart. God, help me to be ready for you for all seasons. That when that trial or that storm or that hard situation rises up, Father God, I'm not going to be moved. Pray for your storm. Don't pray while you're going through the storm, church. You got to do that too, but I mean, you got to pray before that storm gets there. Come on. Rainy days come, right? Come on. I don't like the winds here, man, but that wind comes. It was blowing last night. I was like, oh, man, I just cleaned the yard. Hallelujah. But it's going to happen, right? I'm going to have to clean it afterwards. But guess what? Another wind's going to come. Another storm's going to come, church, your way. Are you going to, are you going to, are you going to stop? Or are you going to believe in your risen Christ? Come on, are you going to keep going forward and shout Hosanna? Or are you going to yeah, shout crucify? Because when we stop church and we stop coming to church and we stop reading our word and we stop giving, then we are saying the same thing. Crucify. You're spitting on Jesus. You may not be actually doing it, but you are. Church, he's done so much. I'm close today. My stomach says, Stop. <laughs> the Bible says that we all deserve sin and death. On Good Friday, we see the passion through his word, his love for mankind, where he bore the sins of the world. And paid a heavy price for you and I to set us free. I said earlier, it should be us hanging on that cross just like those two thieves that were hanging with Jesus. Sunday means resurrected hope to you and I. It should mean this to you and I this morning, church. You know, I started, I was outside in the, in the yard this morning, amen. I was just, God, this, this day, you gave me hope. This day, you started to work upon my marriage. This day, you started to deliver me from, from the things that, were, that I was bound to. This day, Father God, you instilled hope where I thought I had no hope. This day, Father, you set me free, God. This day, because of this day, I stand here today. And I started to think, man, you, it, hope came with that. That resurrection brought hope. That resurrection brought salvation. That resurrection brought healing. That resurrection brought, 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 brought mending of lives. and That resurrection brought all kinds of things, church, to you and I. Does it mean hope to you this morning? See, when we accept Him, He'll tell you and I, like he told the thief, today you'll be in paradise. Come on. We should walk like we're in heaven already, church. Knowing that because he's with us every step of the way. And all this is true, church. I cannot be here preaching this. You cannot be here gathering in this. He never got up. But because he got up, live. Amen. Well, let's all stand up. Amen. This morning.